Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. Discipleship. We are using a King James Version Bible. We ask the Father for the wisdom, the knowledge, and understanding in the name of Jesus as we are discipled by Jesus. Here in Matthew, we've gotten up to Matthew chapter 9. Now, we are being discipled by Jesus according to the book of Matthew and, and what happened during Matthew. Um, normally, we only use, um, you know, the book that we're working from, which would be the Matthew book. But today and for, you know, the last um, time and probably the next few times, we are going to not only use Matthew but so that we understand this um, example and training completely with all the pieces. So today we're going to look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 11, along with Mark chapter 2, verse 16, and Luke chapter 5, verse 30. So, as we know, what's going on here in um, up to Matthew 9-11 is that Jesus had been talking and they brought a man with a palsy and the man with the palsy had been brought by four of his friends that had heard about the power Jesus had to heal and they brought him to have Jesus heal their friend who they carried on a bed and how the man was healed wasn't because of his faith of asking it was because Jesus forgave his sins And so, and Jesus had been given the power to forgive sins by God. And so once he forgave his sins, then that's, you know, that's why he had the palsy. That's why he was sick. And then um, when that happened, the Pharisees and scribes of that town was, you know, attacking Jesus, and and he um, really didn't care what they had to say, but he wanted them to know that he was really working with God, and so he healed the man with the palsy. And then the multitudes, you know, they gave glory to God. So continuing 
right at that point, you see, Jesus, um, he went and uh, he went from there and he saw a man named Matthew. And we know this is a publican. He said, follow me. Matthew followed him without question. And Matthew left everything behind. Uh, you know, he didn't take nothing with him. And he was so happy that um, that Jesus had called him that he, what he did was he made a feast for him. And we learned last time he made a feast for him and Jesus was invited and all of his friends concerning the publicans and sinners of Matthew his friends were invited to the feast, and Jesus and his disciples were invited. So you have those that were sinners and those that were connected to God, servants of God, sitting down together to eat. And we learned last time that Jesus is showing us that listen, hey, we don't have access to everybody on earth. So God brings in people that, um, that uh, know people, obviously, that we can get access to through them. That's the way it works. And so that's what's going on uh, the disciples didn't treat the sinners or publicans any different than, you know, than they would anybody else. And so they were sitting down and eating. Let's pick it up in Matthew chapter 9, verse 11. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners. Now go to Mark. Let's read what that says. And when the scribes, Mark chapter 2, verse 16, and when the scribes and the Pharisees saw him eat with the publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? Let's go to Luke. Chapter 5, verse 30. But the scribes and the Pharisees murmured against his disciples, saying, Why do ye eat and drink with publicans and sinners? Okay? So now you've got each book has more information. As we see how Jesus teaches his followers, we have got to the point where Jesus invites Matthew Levi to be a disciple. Last time Jesus taught that birds of a feather flock together. You are not to just go to people you don't socialize with to teach the good news. That's important. You don't just go around talking to people you don't know about the good news. God brings people into the kingdom so that not only they can hear the good news, but people they know you can get access to, 
to share the good news and to be a light to, which is an important part, be a light to. In Matthew Levi's case, he was a tax collector and his friends were tax collectors who were known sinners by reputation. Jesus and his disciples treated them no differently. Interestingly, we have the religious community going to cause trouble. So, in verse 11 of Matthew 9, this was a big feast. Many people were there eating. They were outside in the yard, and anyone could see who was there. It was an open feast, and that's because now we understand how the Pharisees could see what was going on at this feast. If everybody was inside the house, then obviously the Pharisees and scribes couldn't see what was going on in the house because, you see, they wouldn't have been in the house because they couldn't be in the house with and eat with sinners. Or if they could, they wouldn't have been able to ask these questions. We see in verse 11 that the Pharisees saw what was going on at Matthew's house. In Mark 2.16, we see that it was both Pharisees and scribes, and both groups saw Jesus eating with sinners. You understand? So the Pharisees and scribes could actually see Jesus and his apostles and what was going on. In Luke 5.30, we get another piece to the puzzle. We see the rest of the information. These scribes and Pharisees were connected to Matthew's synagogue, okay? Because it says they're Pharisees and scribes. These were the same group that was Jesus was talking to about the man with the palsy who was a sinner. In that case, Jesus had the authority given by God to forgive sin. And the very next thing Jesus did was to go to a sinner, <laughs> by reputation, by the way, and invite him to follow him. Jesus was teaching that there are two caught up in their doctrine, these Pharisees and scribes, to do any good for God. So what is the job of the priest according to the law of God? According to the law of God, go to Deuteronomy 33.10. The law of God says that Levi was to teach the law of God to the people. Deuteronomy 33.10. And read it. It says in 33.10, They shall teach Jacob thy judgments, and Israel thy law. They shall put incense before thee, and hold burnt sacrifice upon thine altar. So, the priest's job was to teach the law. You know, judgments, the law, and what God expected of people. 
the Pharisees were not of Levi. They were just men that had been taught, and they then became the teacher, and the people in the synagogue was their students. So we see that the religious leaders knew about the people sinning that were allowed in their synagogue. Yet, you see, they knew they were sinning because of what they said to the disciples. You understand? And these people were part of their synagogue. So obviously they weren't doing what it is that they were supposed to be doing, which was teaching the law. And so they knew that these publicans and sinners were sinning. Uh, so the, they used the term sinner besides the publican to let you know that there wasn't just publicans there. Uh, so we can assume that there was different types of people there. And obviously the people were sinners um, and known sinners by reputation. So in those days, the sinners known by reputation was usually prostitutes um, and soldiers and publicans. You know, they knew that those types of people were doing wrong. So these people were Jews. They went to their synagogue. Yet the Pharisees weren't teaching them what, you know, what God's law said, what they should be really doing instead of what they were doing as publicans. Because just because you can steal doesn't mean you will steal. And, of course, so they were allowed in their synagogue. <laughs> These sinners were allowed in their synagogue. The same thing happens today. In churches, absolutely. Why? Why do the pastors and church leaders allow sinners, known sinners now, to stay in their churches? They want their money, <laughs> so they let them stay. Let's get back to what Jesus is teaching us. We know the religious leaders know these people are sinners by the next part of the verse when they ask the question. So go back to Matthew chapter 11. So you know that they know that <laughs> these guys and gals, whoever was there, are actually sinners or sinners by reputation. In the second part of verse 11, it says, why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? First of all, they didn't ask Jesus the question. They asked those that followed him. Why did they ask the disciples? Trying to cause doubt in their minds towards Jesus. That's, um, that's the way the religious communities do it, and that's the way Satan does it. Satan likes to try to cause doubt the same way. Now let's go to Mark. Chapter 2 in the second part of verse 16 says about the same thing. How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? So not only, um, you know, like how is it, you know, how is it? That's an interesting term to use. The, the scribes and Pharisees asked the disciples, meaning more than one, so understand it wasn't they just went to one disciple and said, 
hey, what's going on? Why is he eating with You know, like trying to figure out what's happening. No, they went to disciples, probably all of them. But they were not asking so everyone could hear because the sinners that pay tithes in their synagogue might realize what they really thought of them. <laughs> Let's go to Luke chapter 5, verse 30. And look at the second part of verse 30. <laughs> and it tells us, why do ye eat and drink with publicans and sinners? So, so the question was not only directed towards Jesus, like, why does he do it? But, and then, you know, of course, they use the word master, which means your teacher. So, you know, you guys are learning from him. So the next part is, uh, why are you doing it, too? So this is all together what was going on. Tell us in more detail this part of the verse, how they were asking the disciples. And what does it say in verse 30 at the beginning of it? But their scribes and Pharisees murmured against his disciples. So they murmured against his disciples, meaning they were complaining, trying to do harm to the beliefs and their beliefs in their teacher, Jesus. You see, Jesus teaches you, as a disciple of his, that the religious community will try to cause trouble instead of helping. You see, it should be in a good thing that, hey, these sinners and publicans that are known sinners and publicans, you know, doing wrong, that Jesus was there, and, hey, <laughs> They were happy to see him and they were listening to him. Maybe they'll change the way their actions are. No, they didn't care about that. So what spirit were they listening to? Was it God's spirit, these publican, I mean, these uh, Pharisees and scribes? Was it their human spirit or even an evil spirit that was whispering in their ear? Well, let's find out. By their fruits, ye shall know them. Go to Galatians chapter 5. I want you to look at verse 22 with me. But the fruit of the spirit, that's God's spirit, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Understand? That's the fruit of the Spirit. Were the Pharisees and scribes working with any of those feelings or actions? No, of course not. So what were they following? Well, let's look at verse 19 here in Galatians 5. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murderings, drunkenness, revelings. You understand? So what, by their words and the way that they were doing it, what was their fruit? Well, I picked, you may pick others, but I picked envy, 
strife, idolatry, hatred, and seditions. They are showing these. So understand that Jesus was doing nothing wrong. He was teaching the way God wants things done. But the Pharisees and scribes were upset because part of their doctrine taught at the synagogue was that they are not to eat socially with known sinners. Oh, they can come to the synagogue. Sure, you know, that happens at churches today, too. Hmm. I wonder where they got that thought from. It wasn't from the Bible, by the way. This, of course, this doctrine of theirs, corrupted God's command so they could get the tithe money from the thieves and sinners, meaning they can come to the synagogue, but not to socialize with sinners outside the synagogue. So instead of doing what they should have been doing while the um, publicans and sinners were coming to the synagogue, which was to teach them, you know, what God's commands are and how you should be treating people and what you should be doing and what you should not be doing. You see, if they did that, the people might go away. Exactly, exactly what happens today in churches. Oh, we can't, you know, we can't uh, preach, you know, individually to tell people, you know, maybe take them aside and tell them, hey, I know you're doing this and, you know, that's not allowed. You know, we're supposed to be following Jesus and unless you stop doing that, you're not going to be welcome here at this church. Oh, no, they they couldn't do that. Are you kidding me? Most of their uh, tithe people are those people, unfortunately. So, Jesus is teaching us there's a difference between what God wants us to do and what the religious community does. Discipleship. We will look at Jesus' answer to them next time. That's going to be interesting, isn't it? I look forward to Jesus' answer to these Pharisees and scribes who actually weren't talking to him. They were trying to cause trouble with his followers.